right, a little rock and roll coming your way early today. Live, back in action, ground and pound style through your radio dial. From the 49-yard line to the end zone sign, this is the 49ers Forecast. My name is Jason Fearman. You can reach me on Twitter at SportsProfit1. That's the number one. This show is presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by Anchor Radio. Before we begin, got to give a big shout out to my team on the 33 podcast, Nikki DeMatthews and Damian Adams. Make sure you check out also the real deal with Damian Adams on his solo show as he talks everything from football, basketball, boxing, a lot more. And you can check out the three of us on Wednesday nights on the 33 podcast as we do our ranting recap from the week before with a whole bunch of unique segments. Getting you ready for the upcoming games. Week four is coming up on the NFL schedule. But we're going to recap week three a little bit. It came to a close on Monday Night Football last night as the Chiefs beat down the Ravens 34-20, to and it wasn't even that close. So now it's time again to look forward to Week 4, especially with our 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, and here to help me break that down, the matchup, the X's and O's, and our predictions is the host of Get the Real Deal, Mr. Courtney Harden. Courtney, it's a pleasure having you on the show today so we can talk about our favorite teams getting ready to face each other on Sunday Night Football. How are you doing, my man? And again, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Jason, for uh, letting me come on the show. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for the invite. And yeah, we, uh, we've been talking off air for a while to make this happen. We got it, got it now working, so I'm ready to... Talk some football, talk some Eagles versus 49ers this week. I'm super excited. Thanks for uh, letting me come on the show. Oh, man, Billy, me, it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. And, we, yes, we got a lot to talk about. It's not just going to be Eagles and Islanders, but it's going to be mostly that, without a doubt. Those are our teams. And just curiously, real quick, off the top of my head, I wasn't even thinking, how did you become an Eagles fan? Were you born in Philly? No, I wasn't born in Philly. I, I live in Philly now. I've been living in Philly for the last eight years. Oh. I've been an Eagles fan since I was uh, 20, 20 plus years, 20, over 20 years. And um, since I, yeah, but maybe 30, but close to 30 years now, I can say, yeah, about 30 years now. So uh, my aunt, she's from, she's from Philly and she used to come and visit. I'm, I'm originally from upstate New York. So uh, she used to come and visit all the time. And uh, she was a big Eagles fan. So my first game was Eagles Giants back in 89, 90, somewhere around that around that time. And then oh. uh, when I first started liking football, I uh, loved uh, Randall Cunningham at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Just, you know, just, so since she was a big Eagles fan, I became an Eagles fan because of her. Oh, and all right. Then it's been, uh, it's been, a, been a up and down 30-plus uh, years, but uh, Eagles fans uh, through and through. Yeah, there you go, man. I like it. And that's, that's the true heart of being a fan right there. No matter what's going on, your team could be 0-16 or 16-0, but you're there no matter what's going on, the ups and the downs, like you say. That's pretty interesting. It's usually a male role model or your friends who come in and you know make your favorite team, but it happened to even be a female. That's pretty awesome. I love that. That's great. Very interesting story right there. And for people who don't know, 47%, I just found this out, 47% of football fans or People who watch football are actually females, so it's basically a split right down the middle. Not bad right there. So that's pretty cool. All right. I like it. I like it. So that's your team right there, and you did get a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and then Foles started traveling along again. So that was pretty nice. That was one of the greatest games I've ever seen, just offense, offense, offense. It was fantastic. So congrats on that one right there. But we're going to get into what the Eagles got going on now, but a little neighborhood news real quick. The Titans, uh, wow. Titans-Vikings, they suspend team activity because eight Titans of players and personnel tested positive for COVID. We're not going to go deep into this now because we don't know what's going to happen. But I think the bottom line, Courtney, is, is that if the Titans can't practice and the Vikings can't practice at all this week or even up until Saturday, how can their opponents play? I, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. Yeah, I know. I heard the news this morning and I thought for, you know, when, because we knew this was going to happen because you have all these players traveling, uh, being together. Uh, so we knew this was, there was going to be a little bit of an outbreak because it's happened in baseball. And it's happened in baseball throughout the whole season. Right. So it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time for the NFL 
um, had a little bit of an outbreak, and now, like you said, eight members of the Titans uh, now are, you know, have COVID. So now they're on the list. How, like you said, they're out to practice virtually. I, I, my, my, my question would be, okay, what's the next step for the NFL? How are they going to handle it? Are they going to handle it by delaying the game? Are they going to handle it by um, canceling the game? Like, what? Like what's going to happen? Are they going to move to a new date? Will they play on like a Monday night or something like that later on or later in the, you know, later a couple of weeks or a month or two after? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering to see how the NFL is going to handle or are they going to play, are they going to let teams play on Sunday? So that's the question. But I knew it was inevitable because it's the way how COVID is spreading. It's, it spreads like this when you're in large groups of, large groups of people. Um, so, uh, I'm not surprised, but, now it's all about what, what is the NFL going to do with their protocols and how is it going to work. Uh, you're right on every single thing that you said. And I know the NFL said they have contingency plans and, and you know in place for things like this, but we don't exactly know what they are. I like what you said. One of the best ideas would probably be you know moving it to a Thursday night game where you have two Thursday night games or two Monday night games. Try to pull something off like that. I know that they're teams that play, obviously, on short weeks all the time. So hopefully they can resolve that. And hopefully it doesn't get worse. But you're right. We knew it was going to happen. It happened in baseball. They were able to do something about it. But I don't know in football. That's what has been scaring me because, again, you're playing face-to-face. There's nothing to really, you know, guard your face or anything like that. A visor is not going to work in that situation. So we'll see what happens going through. But this hopefully is, you know, a note to everybody out there, to all the players, you know, stay inside or stay away, wear your mask, do whatever you got to do. And, you know, hopefully we can get a full season in over here. Um, that's another story, and we'll be finding more about that during the week. And uh, I just want to know, you catch the game last night, man, Monday Night Football? Yeah, I watched a lot of that game last night. And uh, it's funny because I, I was coming back from uh, working out yesterday. I do kickboxing. So come back and, you know, settle down, get you know, get a, get a meal. I was like, oh, man, the game's on. Keeps raising. So, you know, I didn't forget, but wanted to make sure. So I caught the, I think I caught, like, mid-first quarter, uh, early second, and, She's already up thirteen to three. I'm like, yep. okay, what's going on? Okay, what's going on, <laughs> on the Ravens side? And kind of find out, you know, the Chiefs were the Chiefs. That's Patrick Mahomes, and <laughs> they dominated. You know, it really, I, that's what it is. It's freaking Patrick Mahomes, man. Look, I can't get enough of it. I'm watching, you know, I watched the whole game last night. I had nothing to do, obviously, and I wouldn't do anything but watch that game. And I was, you know, I'm blown away by him already, but I was completely blown away what he did to that defense. They didn't even have to punt. They, I mean, they were unbelievable last night. Now, honestly, I picked the Ravens to win the game because they were at home, you know, not so much home field advantage anymore, but they were hot. The defense was on fire doing that thing. You couldn't stop Lamar Jackson, but the dude didn't even pass for 100 yards last night. I mean, he had a rough, rough game, but the first drive, and I know I, I know that you missed it, unfortunately, because you came in during the uh, middle of the first quarter, but the first drive, they looked great. They couldn't put it in the end zone. They kicked a field goal, and then that was really that. They ended up scoring a touchdown on a special teams on a kickoff, uh, which is amazing, That which you never see happen. But So the offense couldn't get going. So I don't know if I credit this more to the Chiefs, who are the Super Bowl champions, and it pains me to say that as a 49er fan, but also the Ravens. I, f- I felt like – I just felt like they were playing scared almost, which is just not like them. I don't know. Or you know what, dude? Like you said, Patrick Mahomes is just Patrick Mahomes, and he is unreal. I went, went, John Elway was the guy I always said was the best quarterback I've ever seen until Aaron Rodgers came along, and now it's Patrick Mahomes. And, wow, I mean, the three of those guys, are, to me, are like the three best of all time. Patrick Mahomes, what he's doing right now is uncanny, but I still call Russell Wilson the best quarterback in the game. It's getting harder for me to say that now, though, but I still think Russell Wilson is the best quarterback and the front runner for the MVP at the moment. I agree with uh, the MVP. I think Russell Wilson, um, I have him second um, overall. Just overall, the best quarterback. I still I think Mahomes is one and Russell Wilson is two. And it's, it's funny because some people don't even have Russell Wilson at number two. I know. <laughs> uh, they'll have, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have Lamar Jackson or, or Charles Watson or others. You know, I mean, you got to put, put Aaron Rodgers up there too. But I think the way I got Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson wanted too. But the things Mahomes can do with the football, as you said, is unbelievable. Like the thing, he, the, the flick of the wrist, the the, the the underhand pass that he did yesterday for that touchdown. Oh my God! He passes, he passes up with the lineman, and he has such control. When he has time, 
control of the game. And even when he gets blitzed, because they blitzed him a lot yesterday, he torched him. Torched, he torched him. him last night. So you can't, there's no, I don't think there's any way you can stop him when they're running on all cylinders with all those weapons and and Andy Reid and the, you know, their coaching staff and the way they call the plays, they figure out a weakness on, and that they, they figure out a weakness on that Baltimore defense and they pick them apart. And uh, when they're running like that, the way they did last night, they 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 can, they're un, they're almost unbeatable. So that's also the Chiefs um, for the Ravens. You know, and it's one of those things like everybody's always going to question Lamar Jackson and can he get over the hump? Can he get over the hump? Because they're going to go back to he's going to win the playoffs. I know he's still young, had an unbelievable year last year. The Ravens are a really good team. I mean, this is one game, but it was a me- this was a measuring type of game for them, measuring type of game for them, um, and they just couldn't get nothing going uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and their defense got shredded last night. So. Um, they got to they got to they got to tighten it up if they're going to be able to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they're they're look. The Ravens aren't built to be a come from behind team. They're a team that's got to take the lead initially and then just run the ball down your throat. That didn't happen last night. They weren't able to get the run game going as well once that happened, and of course the passing game was non-existent. So, but another thing you said, you're right. Look, it's one game. The Baltimore Ravens are still a fantastic team. They just ran into the Super Bowl champions and they got their butt beat. That's what happens. That's what happens. And teams get their butt beat all the time, like the Niners beat the crud out of the Giants over the weekend. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I really want to talk about your Eagles right now because I had them in the playoffs going into the season. And I thought that guys may get healthier a little bit quicker. Quicker. I like the addition of Jalen Rager. Um, and, you know, we're talking about Andy Reid, you know, before how he's having all the success now at Kansas City. He had great success in Philadelphia. And I like Doug Peterson, what he does overall. but. Now it's like, I don't know, is Carson Wentz in the same position as Sam Donald's in where he doesn't have enough help? Or are you seeing something else with him, like in that game uh, Sunday where, you know, tied 23-23 with Cincinnati? Now that's not as bad as it could have been last year because since he looks a lot better this year, but still the Eagles need a freaking win over here with a division like that where you don't know even what's going to happen with Dallas. So I'm trying to figure out if it's Wentz or if it's the players around him, or if the coaching is getting sloppy and a little bit too, you know, less dynamic and not doing, uh, you know, those plays that they that love to run, RPOs, whatever it may be. So you're a fan. You know them better than I do. Tell me what's happening. Oh, man, there's, there's, there's so many layers to this <laughs> team. I mean, because they've been frustrated to watch these last these first three weeks. And, you know, the, the, this last game with the Bengals, um, it just it just makes you wonder, like, what happened, you know? And I don't know. I think you, you, you bring up a good point. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this team out, like, what's the pulse of this team? And I think it's a combination of all the things you just said. Uh, I think it's the play calling. I, I, I definitely believe some of some of the play calling. I think Doug Peterson and the overconfidence and, and his play calling sometimes gets the best of him mm. uh, a lot of the times. And it, that's what happened in this in this game just last week with the, you know, with the, with the Bengals because they had their opportunities to, to win this game. And he, he did, he didn't have, he's lost confidence. I think he's lost confidence in his players. He's lost confidence and went to a little bit too. And for, for, for good point, for good point portion of this season, Wentz has played terrible. So I don't know if he's putting too much responsibility on Wentz. He's giving too much rope for Wentz to, you know, change plays at the off the line. Uh, doing things that I, I agree with one thing he did say in his press conference afterwards. He says that he's got to unclutter Carson Wentz's mind. And I think sometimes Wentz is his own worst enemy. He tries to do too much. He tries to feel like, okay, I need to win. I need to win at all costs. I need to win by myself. I can do this by myself. I need to pull Michael Jordan and <laughs> try to win it all by myself where he's got team now. Now they went out and got all this speed at receiver. I think Miles Sanders is a really good back. Uh, that they can rely on. They got the two tight ends, Goddard and Ertz. Uh, you know, so they had the weapons. They well, they had the weapons now, but now you got the injury all over them, all over this this Eagles organization. So now Wentz is thinking, I got to do this again, kind of like he had to do last season, where he had to basically pull a rabbit off the hat and and uh, and lead this team into one of the worst divisions we've ever seen in a long time. And it's getting like that again this year, and. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of things. So I think it, it goes, I think it's, there is some coaching. Um, there, I think it's uh, some of the play calling from Doug Peterson. I think it's Wentz trying too too hard and trying to do too much. And uh, I think the injuries on the offensive line, they're decimated. They're decimated in the receiving core now. And now with, with uh, the tight end, Goddard, he's on IR now. So there's a lot going on, and I, I don't know how they're going to fix it because the schedule is, it looks brutal upcoming. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier uh, at all. And even, at, you know, no matter who they play right now, because you just don't know what's going to happen again with not having the offseason and whatnot. But, you know, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago. Then he, had, you know, tore his ACL. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Is he afraid of oh, yeah. stepping up in the pocket? But then I watch the playoffs last year when they're playing Seattle in a game that they would have won if Jadavian Clowney didn't smash him when he was already on the ground, which was terrible right. to see Wentz go out again. But the fact that he was able to bring them there last year, carry that team on his back, when Greg Ward, who was a freaking quarterback in college, is your number one receiver, who would be a third-string receiver on any other team, it really amazes me what he was able to do. So bringing in Jalen Rager this year and hoping that Deshaun Jackson could stay healthy and getting Alshon Jeffrey back, you know, if he had those guys around, I think it'd be a different story. That's why I'm almost looking at this like, he, like you said, he feels like he's got to do it all by himself. He doesn't have help around him. I like Miles Sanders too. The defense is up, not playing up to what they should, but they actually are playing a little bit better than what people think. I think they're the fourth ranked defense actually in the league right now. I'm not sure how that all happened, but they get off to a good start against Washington, 14 nothing. Then they fell asleep. Okay, maybe you can call it a hiccup. Then they get beat up by the Rams. We saw what happened a couple of days ago with Cincinnati. Now going forward to the 49ers game, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah, it's it's get healthy quick or what? I mean, do you want to see Jalen Hurts playing ball? Like under center? <laughs> I don't. I, not right now, I don't. And I, I'm, I, I, I'm still a believer in Wentz. And I, I do have a, I do have a, like a thing, you know, like a thing for Wentz in this regard that the talent is there. The talent is there, as you said. I think some Eagles fans, we, we sometimes we do harp on that 2017 when they didn't win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz I think is in his own head too for the last two seasons I mean he did get hurt he got hurt in 2018 when he had the, the back issue Foles comes back and they get to the playoffs and almost get to the NFC Championship that year yep. last year as you said Wentz was finally healthy into the playoff game um, but I think he, he go, I think he still feels that pressure of I have to win. I gotta win because you know that should have been my Super Bowl. I think he does have that still in his in his mind in a way. Too, I know it's been now three three years removed from that, but I think that's that's getting its way. But I don't think Jalen Hurts would be the answer. Not not right now. It could be a spark, but Wentz is the quarterback, and they got to figure it out. And they said they got to unclutter his mind. I, I guess and make it more, make it more simpler for him. To perform because right now he's playing, he's playing really terrible. He, he really is. He really is. And, you know, I've, I've heard some people say, like, well, you know, Tom Brady did it with these kind of guys. Well, not quite. But again, I think, like, <laughs> like you said, Carson Wentz is definitely in his own head thinking about Nick Foles. Like you said, he was the one who won that Super Bowl and then brought them back to the playoffs when he got hurt again the year after and almost going to the NFC Championship. Yeah, a lot of that's in his head. And then he sees Nick Foles out of nowhere come Chicago over the weekend and then beat Atlanta again. Atlanta, come, they, they can't hold the Unbelievable, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just unreal. What does Atlanta have to do? You talk about head coaching. I mean, they got to fire Dan Quinn now. I mean, right now. You can't blow two games like that, Courtney. That's sick. They got a hangover from the Super Bowl. Still, <laughs> they got a hangover from their Super Bowl when they lost to the Patriots. So I think you can't—they're blowing leads, and they're, they're so good offensively too. Like they—they they put up numbers, and but they just cannot hold leads. And no, I mean, they, yeah, they, their coach needs to be fired like quickly. Yes, yeah, like <laughs> yesterday, they really should have. Unbelievable, crazy. Couple more things about um, about your Eagles over here. One thing again, I, I did say you know the defense seems to be doing a better job. What do you think of Darius Slay over there? I've you know I've heard a couple of things about him. You know maybe not off to the greatest start or whatever, but you know again you're watching the Eagles you know way more than I am. What do you think about the defense? Can they hold it down a little bit while the offense tries to get it together? I think they can. Um, 
See, Jim Schwartz is another one. I think he's on the hot seat, too, because, um, you know, the defense has they, – they play pretty decent. Um, they, they still allow too many big plays. I know the Rams really picked us apart. Yeah. Uh, they, they really they really had our number. We just didn't know what they were going to be passing or running at all. And then Joe Burrow comes in last – you know, a couple of days ago, and he he gets he gets a real combo. Even though they did have they had five or six sacks um, this past Sunday, but uh, just wasn't enough. The Joe Burrow still had enough time to really pick pick that pick us apart. I think the linebacking core for the Eagles is their weak is what part of their weakness where they can't cover. They get they cannot cover. They're in the wrong place sometimes. Miscommunication. Um, the uh, Ethan Jerry Gary he's he's all over the place. He's, you know, he can't do any tackles, and he's in the, like I say, he's on the wrong spot sometimes. He yeah. can, he's getting, like, passes thrown over his head. So it's, it's, it's those type of those type of plays that really hurts us. And we have a, be a third and 20, and the team converts on it. It's like, really? Like, you guys cannot allow 20-plus yards with third and 20. You got to get off the field. So, I mean, it seems a line. They, they 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 came to play last week, so they played well. Uh, Darius Slay has played well, so um, I can't really blame a lot on the secondary this time. Usually, that's what that was their weakness do, but there's still a lot of too many too many chunk plays. Too many teams are are confusing them, and Swartz doesn't know if he's going to blitz, if he's going to play man, if he's going to play zone. Teams just have, I think teams just figured us, figured us out defensively um, in some way. Maybe. I, I know that Jim Schwartz used to be a blitzing machine. He's like, oh, let's just blitz every single play. Blitz, 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 blitz. All the time that we yeah. could do that. Yeah. and Yeah, he, he's one of those guys that he's even had trouble with players getting along. He's just one of those names that is kind of tough. But he can coach. He can coach. But maybe – you know, it's just time. People have to move on sometimes. Whether even in a business, you're in a company. You know, you want to move up to the next level. You got to go to a different, a different company. In this case, maybe a different team, whatever it may be. So, we'll see. But yeah, at least the defense is doing their job. The offense, they got to get him weapons. Otherwise, this is never going to happen. It, it's it's terrible. It's never going to happen. But um, what do you what do you think of Jalen Rager though? Also, I think he's got a good chance to uh, be a productive player. I mean, he showed his speed, uh, especially in game one uh, against, against Washington where he got over for a 55-yard play, and but now it's the injuries uh, that's, that has, you know, crept up there. It was in the in the training camp and then now into the season. Now he's out for a few weeks right. uh, moving forward. So, uh, But he's got speed. Um, I guess his hands have to get a little bit better. So, they, you know, him, him and Wentz will start to get a little bit of a connection. Uh, but yeah, the speed is there, and he can get over the top. So I think that's one thing that he has uh, going for him, and now it's just got to be the confidence. Wentz has to get confidence in him, but he has that confidence in Wentz. Absolutely, that that's very true, and that's where practice does come in. And hopefully, they'll have a lot more of that. You know, when he's getting healthy, obviously during the week and stuff. So you know, they do have a young core. You know, Carson Wentz still is young. Miles Sanders, second year. Jalen Rager bringing a couple of more guys. You know, this team still can be good even next year. They could turn it around that quickly. I really believe that. So, I, you know, it's hard to say anything is a lost cause right now, even though they're 0-2-1. But, yeah, it's not looking wonderful for the Eagles at the moment. You mentioned Joe Burrow a few times, and I don't know how much you saw of him before, uh, before the game against the Eagles on Sunday, but um, I watched him against uh, the Browns on Thursday Night Football a little bit in the first week, but – I got to tell you, man, I am very, very impressed with this kid. He looks like he's 14 years old, but he stands up in the pocket. <laughs> he plays. He can throw it. He's dissecting defenses already. I, I am I am beyond impressed with him. And I think Cincinnati finally turned their franchise around. Not right now, but they got their quarterback for the future. I believe so. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, too, I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, that's me. His first, you know, his first three games, and he looks, he looks very impressive. I mean, he was, he was very impressive in his first game, and, you know, and uh, the second game against the Browns, he looked really good too. So, um, I, yeah, he looks, he looks really impressive. He looks like he has command of the offense, the huddle. Um, he, he, you can tell they when they when they spread it out, kind of like when he, they, they're trying to use the same offense that he had at LSU, where they, they have spread receivers. Spread you know spread out the, the offense 
and he gets time, and he, he can really pick the defense apart, too. So, uh, yeah, he, he definitely has shown that he can be a, you know, uh, maybe a franchise player that they can build around, and hopefully the Bengals can give him enough weapons. You know, he does have some weapons out on, on the outside, and the run game is pretty solid. It's just the offensive line has got to hold up. And the, yeah, the Bengals could be a problem uh, moving forward with, with Joe Burrow leading them. Yeah, I, I think they're a team that can be in every game this year. Like, literally, they can be in every game, not win them all, obviously, but they can be there. Look, like you mentioned, Joe Mixon, very underrated running back that not a lot of people give credit to because he's in Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd catches everything. A.J. Green, you can't depend on. But they got T. Higgins, who they drafted. He caught a couple of touchdowns over the weekend, right? Yep. Not bad, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, they get two, actually. Yeah, he's a big target. Stevens is a really big target. I mean, when he played with Clemson, he was productive. So, uh, yeah, they, they got they, so they got weapons. So they're, they're moving in the right direction. They are. They are. And they're a better defensive team than people think. Yeah, I like Joe Burrow a lot. And I wasn't sure because I'm not a big college fan. I know what he did at LSU and everything. But, yeah, he came in there and he, he looks he, – he's playing the part, man, right away. I'm, I'm really, really impressed. Guys, we are killing it over here on the 49ers forecast. We're talking NFL, everything NFL. We're talking Eagles. We're going to get into the Niners. They're playing each other Sunday night. Me and my man Courtney over here are going to break it down, X's and O's style, going through all that. we got a few more little segments for you. Have some more fun with the NFL football. So we're going to take a 60-second break, and then we're coming right back. Hang in there. 49ers forecast, not going nowhere. This man, this is how we do it. 49ers forecast, rocking and rolling over here with my very special guest, Mr. Courtney Harden, breaking down the Eagles action, other NFL action. Much appreciated, Courtney. Thank you so much for being with me today, man. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate the, uh, like I said, the invite, man. This has been, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, looking forward to uh, some more football with you. Definitely. That's why we got the football music going, baby. That's what it's all about. This is all NFL here on the 49ers forecast. But again, it's not just 49ers. It's everything NFL. So let's keep talking. Let's get a little more into it. We went over the game last week with the Bengals and the Eagles ended up in a tie. Um, One more question about that one. The very end of the game, a killer penalty of five yards. I mean, five yards is a lot when you're kicking, you know, a 59-yard field goal already. What was what was your thoughts at the end of that game? Obviously, you know, you're going for the field goal, but then you get the penalty. Would you have punted in that situation and say, screw it, let's take the tie? Or would you have gone for a field goal? Would you have gone for a Hail Mary? What do you think? Did you think they made the right call at the end of the game? I don't. And I, you know, <laughs> I, you know I, was, I, was sitting, I was sitting here watching the game, and my wife was watching it, and, you know, when they got the penalty, I'm like, oh, God, so they, you know, he's further than I thought he was going to kick the field goal. I was like, they're going to kick the 54-yarder. Let's do it. Uh, Jake Elliott, remember, he's kicked the 62 or the 63-yarder uh, a couple years ago. He that, that was his first game. Yep. He kicked the 63-yarder against the Giants and, and beat them. He kicked the 62-yarder and beat them. So he has the leg to do it. and But I think it goes, that goes to Doug Peterson and the play calling even. He was playing with, just way too conservative in overtime. Yes. Almost like he had no confidence in, in wins or, or, or in their offense. Like, they couldn't get, like he said, he couldn't get the job done. It's like, well, you're going to lose your you're gonna lose your locker room and more confidence uh, from your players because you didn't get aggressive. You didn't, you wasn't aggressive enough. And he's known to be aggressive, as we know. Um, but, and I get it, they're struggling. Wentz is, is all over the place, as we said in the first segment. Like, he, he's been all over the place. His mind and his, his mechanics, whatever it is, that's, he's just struggling. He's just playing bad so far. And, but he led, he led them to down the field, you know, right before overtime. And, you know, he scored on the run, on a scramble. So he tied it up there. Yep. And I would have kicked the field goal. I, 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 even two days later, I still feel like they should have just attempted a field goal because even if they missed, there was at least be 15 seconds or 13 seconds. And you got to have confidence. Again, you got to be you got to have confidence in your defense 
to stop Cincinnati from um, from go, from moving forward. They need about 15 yards to get in field goal range. You just got to have confidence to to the defense say, okay, we, we can stop them. Now, they didn't stop them all game, but you just got to have confidence that they're going to make the right plays, and then, then it would have been a tie. I would have been, been fine with that. We went the field goal, and then they stopped them from getting into field goal range. I would have been fine with that, but at least attempted. Um, and Doug Pierce just said himself that, key word that you said there is confidence. He showed zero confidence in his entire team, and you just mentioned it. He showed no confidence in the offense for going out there and trying to make a play. He showed no confidence in the kicking for a field goal, and he showed no confidence in his defense to try to hold them in case they did miss the field goal. So that sends a message very, very loudly to your team. And we're talking about a coach who's basically beloved in Philly, as far as I know, winning a Super Bowl for them for the first time ever. And now he does this. It's one game, but it's a microcosm of maybe how he's thinking this season. So I agree with you. Go for Just go for it, man. Go for the freaking field goal. I know the penalty is a killer. I understand. But at the same time, he said a, he sent a big message to his team without even saying a word right there. So I'm with you on that. That's a great point. What that's going to do to the locker room, I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, we know that they're desperate for a win right now. If you, anytime you're 0-2, 0-2-1, whatever, you're desperate for a win. So you're going to fight tooth and nail to get a victory. It's going to happen. They, they fought as hard as they could against the Bengals. I understand. Again, they're a better team than others think. But now they're going up against an upgrade. And, you know, let's be honest, the 49ers are even – without some of their key starters they got the job done we did you a favor by killing the giants 36 to 9 and through the air i mean nick mullins he had one touchdown throwing but he threw for 340 yards or something like that so they had their way with the giants because the giants are just a pitiful team i think new york not even new york new jersey because the only real team in new york is buffalo so so the New Jersey teams just absolutely suck right now. The Sopranos are pissed off. But, the, yeah, the only uh, New York team winning is, is Buffalo. And that was something else, man. We could even talk about that game after we go over the uh, hour matchup, Niners-Eagles. But what a game that was a couple of days ago. But here we go. 49ers going in. Extremely well coached. They're at home. Again, not as big a deal because there's not fans. I don't think they're, have, they're allowing fans at all still right now, the 49ers. Philly is desperate coming in like no holds barred. I can see them going forward on fourth and five from their own 40-yard line at times because they know they have to win. And in a year where they could already be thinking this is a lost season with what's happening with the way that the coaching is going on, as you so eloquently described, this is going to be a very, very tough game for the Eagles to win on the road, even though, they again, they're going to do everything they possibly can. But they're going up against the Niners team that is so well coached where even the second string team dominated the New York Giants. Yes, they're the New York Giants. They're pitiful. We understand that. But it's the schemes. It's the coaching. It's the way that the 49ers run the ball with misdirection, um, a lot of manipulation before the snap fake audibles, whatever you want to call it. So they run a very proficient offense and play action is very nice and easy for us when we're running the ball that well. Jarek McKinnon, unfortunately got hurt. Raheem Mostert has been hurt. So the one thing that you got going for you there is that we don't have many backs to come in right now. Even Coleman is hurt. So Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be the guy running the ball. I believe that's the first thing that the Eagles have to stop defensively. Do you agree? I totally agree. I think that's the Niners. I think that's the 49ers staple. As you said, you know, that's a great point. Play action, um, the run game, the, you know, misdirection. Yeah, they, they do a lot of different things, uh, you know, before the snap, pre-snap. So I think that's one of the key things the Eagles have to do is show discipline with that. And I think the Rams, they've run that kind of similar offense where they run a lot of misdirection. They do a lot of pre-snap um, things going on right before, you know, they, right before they hike the ball. And that's what that, that's what tore us up two weeks ago against the Rams and then play action right over the top. 
Yep. So the 49ers will try to do that, and I think that's one of the main keys the Eagles will have to do is still stop the run, still um, get pressure on the quarterback, and if they can stop the run and maybe, you know, blitz here and there and put some pressure on there and, and you know, make – now, is Jimmy G, is he, is he playing or is it going to be Mullins again? It looks like it's Mullins again. I haven't heard word that Jimmy G is going to go. I think they're going to sit him again for another week. Okay, so yeah, they got to get pressure on Mullins. Uh, they got to really put the heat on him defensively, and and they, they got to make him because I, I still fear the the Forty Niners uh, run game or their passing game with Mullins in, in there. Uh, so they got to make him beat us, uh, which he's capable. He's totally capable of doing it. So yeah, but I think they got to definitely stop the run. Yeah, without a doubt, and like I said, you know, our our backfield right now is is injury plagued, like our entire team. So yeah, I I definitely agree. That's the number one thing. And then it's okay for the Eagles offensively attacking that defense, which you know we're a little short on D, but it's not that bad. Yeah, we're missing Nick Bosa, who's one of the best defensive ends in the league. Solomon Thomas is out, but we still have a whole bunch of good players on defense. Where you guys can win this game, you're not going to win running the game. I don't. I really don't believe um, that Miles Sanders is going to have 100 yards rushing. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to have to throw the ball, and the Niners are still able to get pressure. Can the Eagles' offensive line? I mean, like, what do you do? They're going to have to throw quick. Here's what I'm thinking for the Eagles on offense, bro. They're going to have to throw quick passes. You're going to have to throw little five yard hitches. You're going to have to throw seven yard slants. You're going to have to throw these quick. You got to get the ball out of your hand quickly. Otherwise, the Niners will decimate the Eagles' offensive line. I truly believe that. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, the Niners' defense is still scary. And that defensive line is still, is still going to be a problem, especially against our depleted offensive line. And offensive line has been, they, they, they were decent. They've been decent the last couple of weeks. I think uh, Wentz was sacked. He was sacked. Four times, I think, this week. Now, the week before, against Aaron Donald, no sacks at all. So, right. Carson Wentz had a lot of time. So, yeah, but but then the week before that, against Washington, we got sacked nine times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he got sacked nine times. So, uh, but, yeah, the, the San Francisco defense is still, can still have its way with our offensive line, so we got to protect. But Carson Wentz does, I think that's one of the things he has to do is, those quick, those quick hitters, those just those quick five-yard passes, six-yard pass, seven-yard pass, whatever it is, and how old the ball. Like, and I think that's another thing with with Wentz. He's always trying to look for the big plays. He's always looking to push the ball down the field. And yep. you know, when opportunity presents itself, then yes. But you, you don't have the, the receivers are the your receivers are hurt. Sean Jackson is questionable. Um, so he got injured last week, hamstring. Alshon may be back. We're not sure. We don't know where, where he is health-wise or in shape-wise. I'm not sure. So he's going to have to rely on Al Sanders and Boston Scott, the running backs, and, and Zach Ertz with the, the, you know, the short passing game and just get chunk yards. And I know another thing that Peter said, too, that they're going to have to do, and it's a big key, is, like I said, unclutter his mind, quick his mind, simplify the offense, and let's play fast. Let's play no huddle because now he doesn't have time to think. It's just more of, Let's just go get five yards, seven yards, ten yards, whatever we can get. And then maybe end up with a big play. But I don't know if they have the receivers to do that with all those guys hurt. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to have to do it quick. Don't let uh, San Francisco tee off on him. They're, they're deep to line tee off on him. They just go for small plays and sustain drives. You know, I'm actually writing down notes as you're speaking because this is very good. And there's a couple of things there that I want that I want to get back back at you at. First of all, Ertz, like you mentioned, with the quick passing, the 49ers know that Ertz is going to be the number one target. I don't even know if they can stop him still with that. No linebacker can really cover him one on one. It's going to be really tough. We have good we have good linebackers, but I think Ertz is a big key to this game, especially with Goddard being on IR right now. But when you said no huddle. That went, bam, right in my head. That's the way to do it. Go no huddle, short passes. You can mix in runs, no problem. But the key is keeping the defense on the field and tired. And I see this week in and week out, Courtney, where teams run, hurry up offense, whether it's in the first quarter and that's their scheme, like the Rams like to do a lot. 
if they get to the line quickly, they may not snap it right away, but they're, they're forcing the defense to get set up and not allowing to exchange players off the field. So that is absolutely the key. And like I said, week in and week out, whether it's the first quarter or it's the last two minutes of a game, the hurry-up offense is the best offense in the NFL because you can't switch defensive personnel. You have no idea what's coming. You can't call anything out except for run or pass What because you really have no time to dissect it. So my point even bigger than the fact that the Eagles have to do that this game, go hurry up at least every other, you know, um, at least every other possession because you can't do it all the time. Even the offense does get tired. I see it week in and week out, Courtney. Why don't teams run it more? Because it just seems that every time they run the hurry up offense, they're going right down the field and call it prevent defense, call it whatever you want, but it works. It seems like 85% of the time. I don't know why more teams don't do it. I don't know either. And then that's a, you know, that's a good point. It's like, you can, like, I know, I know that Baltimore runs, runs it a lot. Kansas city, they really, I mean, yeah, they have, they have the personnel. I guess you gotta have the better personnel to, to be able to do it. But a lot of teams can, can do that when, when teams are struggling. Cause you even get teams like, even like the Giants or whoever, uh, Jacksonville teams can, any team can run it because like I said, it doesn't get, it doesn't get the defense time to adjust. It doesn't get the defense time to really uh, defend, and you can just just go right down the field. And like I say, we don't have to do it every single time, but it's one minute a little bit more. And what he plays better that way, he plays when it's an unscripted offense. Like it, it, it's, if it's scripted, he he's trying to you know survey the field too much. He's thinking too much, and that's the problem. Is mechanics get out of all out of whack and. But when a, when a quarterback is struggling, you should like I they they should go right to a uh, no huddle, um, just go 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 as much as you can. Um, then, then you know then you can then, you know you can implement kind of a huddle here, a small huddle here or there. But yeah, I think the Eagles are gonna have to do this. They're gonna have to play fast and loose and. Just let just let wins be wins. Get get them outside the pocket more. I thought that's what they were gonna do this season anyway. They talked about it during training camp. They're not getting them outside the pocket, and maybe not give them so much responsibility either. You know, because he changes a lot of plays up here at the line where he sees it, and that there's been there's been reports that he doesn't need to do it. Just trust the offense. Mm-hmm. Yes, he needs to do that too. But Peterson just needs to let him. I think that's the only way you can win against the point is just let let him play little loose and run that run that no huddle hurry up offense. Yeah, you're right. He's he's always been better off script. You're right. There's a play drawn up. He'll go through his progressions as quickly as he can. Sometimes he doesn't see the defense exactly right, so we'll throw a pick here and there. But you're right. He is better when, he, especially like you said, when he gets outside the pocket. He's one of those better quarterbacks, you know, like a Russell. I'm not, he's not as good as Russell Wilson, but when he gets outside the pocket, yeah, watch out. He's a great athlete. We've seen him get into the end zone plenty of times using his feet. So, yeah, no doubt. Let him do his thing, but they need to run a much faster pace. For the 49ers, yes, establish the run game if they can. If not, they got to keep doing what they always do, run their end arounds, make their fullback uh, useful. Kyle Juszczyk, you know, there's no George Kittle. But, um, you know, we got Jordan Reed, who got hurt a little bit last week. We got this kid, Charlie Warner, who stepped up a rookie. So we do still have players. And Brandon Ayuk made his appearance last week, finally, and uh, got in the end zone. So very happy with that. Um, He's kind of taking on the Debo Samuel role until he gets back, taking those end-arounds, misdirections and things. So, yeah, the 49ers, what gives me, you know, more hope with – Again, our, you know, a lot of our star players being out when you're talking about our best defensive player, quarterback, so on and so forth, is just the coaching and the execution. Execution is such a big thing. You can have talent all over the damn place, but if you don't execute correctly, it ain't, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to work. I don't care who you are. Look at Atlanta. They have talent all over the place, but they can't execute in the right time. So that's what it comes down to. Who's going to execute more? Can the 49ers bust Carson Wentz up all day, or will he be able to get the ball out and take advantage of the 49ers banged up weak secondary? So those are the keys right there to me, man. I mean, there's a couple of more, obviously, but um, if you guys are going to win the game, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the main, those are the main keys. Uh, They got to, like I said, they got to 
try to try to exploit um, the 49ers banged up secondary. Uh, run the football if they can. But Miles Sanders is gonna he's gonna have, probably have to be the best player um, on the Eagles and running and catching the football. And yes, he's just gotta he's just gotta be more he's gotta be accurate and just play within himself and just allow you know allow whatever the defense gives him just allow that to to make the plays make those small plays you don't have to go for the the home run every single time just play careful play loose but play careful football as well absolutely i think another thing we're going to see um which is I don't know the Eagles run as much anymore, but I think we're going to see a few screens you know, with uh, with Sanders and uh, Scott. You know, try to get those offensive linemen out there quick and pick up a nice seven, eight yards or whatever it is. Yeah, so watch the play calling. Um, I think that you hit that again right from the beginning of the show. But the play calling has been a major problem. I think they're going to try to fix that up. And again, that's their key right there. Uh, like I said, for the 49ers, it's play tough defense. Make sure they can't run the ball, but. Man, don't let Carson Wentz beat you really deep. The 49ers are prone to that, and we've seen it more than a few times, more than my eyes like to see. So let's make a prediction on this game. We'll do a score. It is in San Francisco, so definitely give a little home field advantage, even though fans are not there, more familiar with the field. They're not at MetLife anymore, so hopefully no more twisted ankles and all that nonsense. (laughs) Boy, really – the field gave us a beating, but we beat the crap out of the uh, the Jets and the Giants over there. So um, the schedule helped us out a little bit. Is it going to help out the 49ers now against the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night? What do you think is going to happen, Courtney? What do you got? Man, this is tough. I usually can um, – I'm trying to be as realistic as I can. <laughs> you know, uh, man, I got I to gotta go with the Eagles. I stick it with them. I, you know, they had a terrible division, and – this, this stretch coming up, uh, I think they got Baltimore, they got Pittsburgh after this against the 49ers, so uh, they got to win. This is the game they, they have to win on the road, and I think they, they can pull it off if they make the right, if they make these adjustments, as we said, they'll be able to cause a better game, have more confidence, let, win, let him lose, uh, let him, you know, let him play, don't, don't let him play so scared and, you know, and everything, so I think it's going to be close. A really close game, but I think the Eagles can pull this one out twenty-four twenty. All right, all right, it definitely is possible. Like I said, you know, it's been three weeks, and I'm not again. This is not a shot at you, but they haven't won a game yet, which just makes them so right. much more hungry to win. That's the thing, you know. They're going in somewhere, someone else's house, and they just want to take down the house, man. They want to make it their own, so they're dying for a win right now. The 49ers, they they got to stick to what they do, and I think they'll be all right. So I am taking the Niners. I'm not. There's no bias in this one. I think it will also be rather close. I'm going to go just by a touchdown, 24-17. I think the Eagles will play pretty good on defense, and the Niners may get a little bounce of luck over here. Again, watch the turnovers. Turnovers are always a huge thing. So <laughs> whichever team can limit that, then uh, you know that other team is probably going to win. So, yep, those are two teams that a lot of people had in the playoffs and maybe possibly even going far. We'll see what happens. The season is still early. It's only week four, so we got a lot to go. And there are other teams in the NFC that I wanted to get your quick thoughts on as to whether they're real contenders or, I guess, pretenders or whatever you want to call them. You've seen the Rams up close. You saw what happened in Buffalo. They got the offense. Aaron Donald is a monster. He gets triple teamed. What do you think of the Rams? Are they for real? I think the Rams are for real. I think that you guys have the vision. It's for, yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> they're loaded, man. That's the best division in football by far. And but yeah, the Rams, as we said, they they, they do a lot of different things. They do a lot of things on offense. Uh, they confuse defenses. They definitely confused the Eagles uh, two weeks ago uh, with the misdirection, with the play action. Um, they they can run the football. They can pass football. They got a great coach, uh, play calling, really good coach, uh, play calling. Um, so they make a lot of enough plays, got a lot of talent on both sides of the football. So I really believe the Rams, they, they're, they're, they're a, I think they're a contender. They're like at the bottom half as a, as a contender, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, they're looking good. The uniforms don't look really that good, but they're looking good as a team. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. And it's funny, everybody said the NFC South, that's the toughest division in football. Nope, you said it, bro. NFC West, man, that is as tough as it gets. I'll give you another team, the Cardinals. I mean, I know that they blew one against Detroit. I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender, but you think they could sneak in the playoffs with an extra team this year? It's possible. 
it's definitely possible. I mean, what Kyler Murray's doing in his second year, and he's only going to improve. Um, so I, I really, I really like what what the what the Cardinals are doing right now too. And they they're in a tough division. They're in the same division. They're in a tough tough division. So uh, it's very much possible because they're they're playing um, really good on both sides of the football too. And when you're playing good, uh, great on both sides of the football. You have a, a really good chance if you got a really good quarterback that can make plays. Um, and he can make plays with his arms and his legs. As long as they don't have a lot of major injuries, I think the Cardinals can make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I think they can do. It's possible that every one of those teams in that division can make the playoffs, actually, with the, that extra spot this year. But you just described another team to a T about the Cardinals with the defense and everything, and even a better defensive team. But this quarterback can't use his legs, but he's never had to. He's won six Super Bowls. How about the Bucks? <laughs> How about the Bucks? Their defense is looking amazing right now, and you could just imagine that offense is going to get better and better. They are, and um, and it, it, you can tell it's starting to click now for Tom Brady. Yep. Like, okay, I'm not in New England no more. Oh man, I got all this talent around me too. I mean, I got these receivers I can throw the football to, and uh, decent decent running game, which is only going to get better as well. But now you see that, like you said, their defense is playing really lights out right now. So you know, there's a, there's an argument that they they might be the most complete team in football. On both sides of the ball. Yeah, man, it, it, especially in the NFC, they really, really might be. You know, a lot of people are saying Packers may be the most. So like I'm saying with the Packers, I just I'm not sure if I believe in the defense, because, again, like I said, so the regular season game last year where the Niners destroyed them and the NFC championship where the Niners destroyed them. I don't know if that defense is going to take them all the way, but Rodgers is playing great even without Devontae Adams. But personally, I wouldn't put them as a true contender, but a lot of people are. Are you? I think they might be a contender. I mean, because they have that, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, that bad man. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the way he's playing, it's, it's, it's crazy. That I think in the beginning I did my predictions on, the, on my show too, and I, I picked, I thought that Green Bay would be, they did 13 three last year, but they didn't, they didn't look like a 13 3 team last year. Right. Now that they have, um, you know, second year with, you know, up in that offense, Aaron Rodgers has really started, like, he played with Jamar Shorty. Jordan Love is behind him. They they didn't give him really any receiving help. So he's like, okay, you guys think I'm, I'm done? I'm going to show you that I'm not done. And uh, LaFleur and, and him and Rodgers together, uh, they're, they're really clicking right now. And, Aaron Rodgers is buying into the offense. He's like I said, he's looking lights out. He's playing like the old Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, defensively, there's probably going to be some concerns, especially I think down the stretch. But if Aaron Rodgers can keep playing at this high level, he could beat almost anybody. So I, I believe in the, in the Packers. I think they they could be a, a very strong contender. Well, look, you definitely make a good point because you know you got Aaron, like you said, you got Aaron Rodgers out there, and they're a team that you're going to have to score against. You're going to have to keep scoring. So. You know, if their defense does get better and keep improving, then, yeah, you're right. The Packers could be the real deal. It's just it's hard for me to see. There's so many good teams out there. I thought the Vikings yeah. were going to be better, but they're 0-3 right now. That whole thing is a mess. The Saints are 1-2. Damien's team, he's got to be a little bit worried right now. I mean, but still, they're the Saints. And when Michael Thomas comes back, I think they'll look a little a little more whole when, when Michael Thomas yeah. comes back. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think, uh, I don't know, this might be Drew Brees' last year, too. And I remember yeah. talking with Damian. Uh, we we talked uh, before the season started, and even now, you know, he, he, did, he said himself that he wouldn't have brought Drew Brees back. And, I mean, it's, it's not really him. He's, I mean, he's looking his age, but um, maybe, you know, the defense is not playing well, and he needs he definitely needs Michael Ty. He needs his, he needs his, uh, his best. His best receiver, yeah. At the least, Alvin Kamara looked. He looked. He looked like a. He looked like a monster. Ooh. So, Ooh. yeah, man, man, he put up. He put up some numbers. And he looked really good at speed and and everything. So the, the offense is still there. I just think now they they definitely need Michael Thomas to balance it out. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is the reason why I lost my fantasy matchup this week. I was <laughs> I was well ahead. I'm just doing fine, and he just blows up for like 40 points or whatever he had. Yeah, he's yeah. he yeah. is so dynamic. He's such a great player to have in the field, and 
Uh, yeah, uh, look, th- that game that they had against Green Bay, you know, it, it could have gone again right down to the wire or overtime, but that defensive play knocking the ball out of Taysom Hill's uh, hands at the end on that missed, uh, missed snap and everything, that won Green Bay the game. So those are two teams to watch out for. And the last one I think you got to really watch out for, even though their defense is in a little bit of trouble right now, they got to get Jamal Adams back, who has been playing fantastic. But Russell Wilson, who was my preseason MVP, Again, something painful to say as a 49er fan, but the man (laughs) has never got a vote before. So Nikki and I actually both picked him to be MVP this year, and he's playing like it. And right now, he's certainly the front runner. And now DK Metcalf is looking great. Tyler Lockett, you already know what you're getting out of him. Um, They usually can run the ball. They're predicated on running the ball with Chris Carson, but they got some other guys. Now, Carlos Hyde is there, a guy who I love and is very underrated. He's been on eight teams in three years. I don't know why. He's a very good back. But the Seahawks, they're a team I always worry about because of Russell Wilson. Like I told you, I think he's the best quarterback in the game. You want to put him and Pat, him and Patrick Mahomes, to me, are on the same level, but I know that Patrick Mahomes is probably going to pass him if he hasn't already in most people's eyes. So the Seattle Seahawks, they're never they're a team that you just can never count out and right now they're playing good ball so what do you think about them i love them yeah i picked picked russell wilson too as my mvp oh great Uh, minds think alike as well yep i did yeah even though i have i I like Mahomes. i think Mahomes is his number one quarterback but i knew russell wilson because even last year if it wasn't for uh lamar jackson i think russell wilson wins mvp i agree you know he Yeah, man, I totally agree. And, and that's the thing. It's the defense. Um, if they're going to have to bring in somebody else, I don't really know. But, yeah, get those guys healthy, and they're a team to be wrecked with. Uh, every time I see Russell Wilson roll out to his right, my heart stops because I know that something huge is going to happen. And another thing with him, he doesn't turn the ball over. That That's that's what separates Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers from everybody. I'm not counting Patrick Mahomes right now because, you know, these guys have been in the league for a longer time. Every, I mean. It is just unbelievable how they don't turn the ball over and make these throws. It's like they're handing the ball off 50 yards down the field. It is unbelievable what they can do, and especially Russell Wilson just blows my mind. He's so smart. He never takes a hit, rarely gets sacked despite that offensive line because he's able to get out and make a play. And he knows exactly where the yard marker is every time. If it's third and 10, he's going to get you 11. It just happens. It, it, he's amazing. He's amazing. So yeah. I, I just give him all the credit. Maker. Such a great playmaker. I mean, he can, like I said, he, he does it all uh, with with a less supporting cast. Now he does have that supporting cast. And you, and you said that now they can, they can, they've always been able to do it, especially the last few years. 
they're, they're allowing him to play. They're allowing Russell Wilson now to really, okay, he can thrive. He could, yes, we know he can throw it deep. He can make plays all over the field. And they can beat you with the run game, as you said earlier. The run game, is that's what they're predicated on, the run game. He can run. They have the running backs to do it. And now they're allowing him to do it with his arm even a lot more. So they're a dangerous team, especially offensively. Yep, and it's not it's not just dink and dunk either. This guy's throwing the ball far down the field. Like you said, he's got a fantastic arm. He's got a great – the guy just does everything, and it's amazing to watch. And he he's such a good person, again, off the field. How could you not like Russell Wilson? It's impossible not to like that guy. So he's great. You know, God bless him. So we'll see what happens uh, during the season. But there's definitely a lot of contenders out there, and – I'm not taking my 49ers out of the race either, bro. I'm not. You know, if they can get whole and get complete and, you know, get through this part of the schedule and still come out with a winning record, then, yeah, you know, they're the type of team that can, even if they don't get home field advantage, the 49ers type of team that can go into any stadium and win because they run the ball and they play defense. So that's how it's done. If And, again, if they can get back to that, uh, the same thing as last season, then, yeah, I believe they'll go. But if not, to me, it comes down to the Bucks and the Seahawks maybe – Maybe the Rams, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Tampa's really starting to scare people now with all those weapons on offense and that defense is so good. But the NFC, man, is stacked, bro. It really is stacked. So there's so much great stuff to come, and we have so much more time to talk about it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. One last thought, though, about the uh, America's team, and I'm doing air quotes for everybody who can't see, obviously, right now. The Cowboys. I mean, again, another team who's got weapons all over the place, brand-new coach. It looked like things were going to go like super great from the start. But again, I'm not sure with them either. They did put up a good fight again in Seattle. Like you mentioned, they put up what 30 points or whatever it was, something like that. So they can definitely score again with them. It's their defense. Their secondary is getting blown up. And and I don't know why they got rid of Byron Jones and let him go to Miami, but they're getting killed in the secondary. And Tavon Diggs is always covering the, the, the top wide receiver as a rookie and you can only get so much out of him. So I don't know with Dallas. They got the names. It's like Cleveland. They got the names, but they don't got the wins. <laughs> right. And that's, I think that's the problem with the Cowboys. It's always been that way. It's, they, they, they have talent on one side of the football, at least, you know, and they just, they just, there's, some, there's always something missing. Now it is the defense. The defense is their, is their issue. And then they, they're, they are getting, they're getting blown up. They're getting, like get shredded up and down the field, and I, I don't know if they're you know they they, they could be on three if they Atlanta doesn't blow the lead and and, and week two they were up on Dallas and I mean I give it to Dak Prescott like he has he's proven that oh, okay no lead is safe I can lead this team I can but can he lead them over the hump that's that's the thing like yeah they had their chances against Seattle. And they got down the field. He couldn't make the he couldn't make the the last few plays. But to be in the game against Seattle was was impressive. But it's the defense. The defense allowed they just allowed too many too many uh, points, too many yards. They they get run up and down the they get run up and down the field. I don't know. I mean, I still believe that the, the division because it's so terrible in the NFC East still might go down to Dallas and the Eagles. I, I just have this feeling. Oh yeah. Again. And Dallas could be on, you know, one of those teams where they can't get over the hump. They're going to be seven and seven by, you know, by week, you know, by the last two weeks, and then they're just in seven and nine, or they'll be <laughs> right there. They lose the teams they shouldn't be losing to, and you know, they, they, you know, they win against teams that you know that they contend with. You know, some of the contenders. So I don't know. I just Dallas is that. They're like a 500 team. That's I think so. I think they're right. They're like in the middle. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a gambling man, if you're a betting man, never bet on a cowboy game because you just don't know what the hell is going to happen. Never bet on yeah, that. Right. Maybe no. bet on the over. You could bet on the over because they're going to score, and the other team is going to score no matter who it is. So take the over in every cowboy game from here on out for the rest of the season, and you'll be a winner. I guarantee yeah. you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Courtney, I'm definitely looking forward to this game on Sunday night. I'm sure we'll text each other a little bit. We're going to talk about the game, uh, you know, afterwards. We'll see who wins. May the best team win on that night. As your Eagles go in there looking for win number one, they're hungry. The 49ers trying to, you know, trying to stay on top through the schedule and through the injuries. They're still a tough team, but 
I can see the Eagles winning. Just like I, in my silly mind, actually thought that the Giants had a chance against the 49ers, but that was a mistake. Obviously, the Giants are much worse than I thought. So, geez, we'll see. They are a mess. So, my Niners are still in there. Your Eagles can definitely get in there because, again, we got seven spots in each conference and there's plenty of time left. So, I know that you talk about it on your show and you talk about it a lot more. So, tell everybody, Courtney, where they can find their, your show, where they can find you, and get all the information. Let them have it, man. Yeah, definitely. And thanks again for letting me uh, come on the show. I mean, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a pleasure. And, and uh, like I said, we try to make this happen. I got to get you on my show as well. Um, so, but yeah, you can find uh, The Real Deal with Courtney Harden airs on Saturday afternoons. You can check it out on uh, Spreaker.com slash BS3 Radio. Also, um, you can find it on BS3Radio.com. Also on uh, all podcast platforms, there's iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Um, you can yeah, you can check it out. All, all all podcast platforms. Follow the show at Get the Real Deal on Twitter, and uh, my personal pages uh, at Courtney one one zero nine seventy nine on Twitter, CJ Harden seventy nine on Instagram, and uh, Facebook. Look me up, Courtney Harden. So yeah, and uh, also Facebook. You can check the show out on. Facebook.com slash uh, Get The Real Deal. Just like the page. And uh, yeah, you can find it all over. Just type in Get The Real Deal Court Artist. It's, it's all over the place. Just Google it and you can, you can find it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, you took the words right out, but just, just Google this man. You'll find all of his stuff, bro. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. But if you got to rewind the playback and make sure you got all the info, then you go ahead and do that too, because it is worth it. He did a great show with uh, Damian, my partner on third and three. I listened to the whole thing. Absolutely awesome. And, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. I know that you're a host of your own sports show. And that's one of the big reasons why I wanted you on here. Besides being a Philly fan and besides us being, being boys on Twitter, especially you know your stuff, bro. You know your football. And I know that we can talk about anything, which is why I would love you to come back on later on during the year. And I know that we're going to get a nice group together with uh, the third and three and with you. We're going to have an absolute ball, man. So we're going to talk a lot more football, a lot more sports as the season goes on. And, hey, we got NBA Finals to talk about also, man. Lakers versus Heat coming up in a day or two. So that'll be very interesting as well. So a lot more to talk about. With my man, Courtney Harden, make sure you check out his show, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Get there. Listen to it. It's absolutely awesome. Love it. And that's why my man was here today helping me out on the 49ers forecast. Courtney, really, man, I can't thank you enough. You broke it down even better than I anticipated, and I anticipated a lot. So that goes to show you how great a job you did. Thank you so much, bro, for being here. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the kind words. And again, thank you for the Give me this opportunity to jump on your show, man. You said you uh, keep doing big things. I, I love the show. I love the 33 show that you guys do as well. Um, so, yeah, keep doing big things. And I, I really appreciate it. Nah, me too, man. I appreciate it all the way, man. Fam to the end. No doubt about it. So this was the 49ers forecast getting you ready for week number four. Taking a look back at week three, we got the third and three podcast tomorrow, Wednesday night with Nikki and Damian. Can't wait to do that. Going to talk more with Courtney throughout the season a whole lot because we got a lot of football to talk about, man. So you'll be back. I'm looking forward to coming on your show. We're going to have a great time, man. And again, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure uh, having you on today. Love chopping it up with you, man. So once again, I thank you so much for the 49ers forecast. We are out for now, but we'll see you next week. Peace.